0: to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, member Mentor1119 shares her path from a non-target university to breaking into a bulge bracket investment bank. We cover why she decided to go into finance, how she leveraged certain programs to give her a leg up in recruiting, as well as the group dynamics involved during her summer analyst stint why she eventually left to go to the buy side, why she bombed a case interview, and one tip on how to avoid the same fate. Enjoy. All right, Mentor1119, thank you so much for joining the Wall Street Oasis podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So it'd be great if you could just give a quick bio with broad strokes to the listeners.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, I graduated from undergrad about three years ago, um, and I immediately joined um, a bulge bracket investment bank um, and was there for about two and a half years or so, and then moved over to the buy side um, at a private debt fund where I was an associate for um, a little less than a year. And then I kind of moved over to grad school to do something a little bit different. But kind of just quick overview of my background um, in finance.
0: Awesome. So let's start back at uh, your non-target school. (laughs) And so did you know kind of coming like as a freshman, were you like, I know I want to do finance? Or what kind of interested you in potentially going down that road? When was the kind of the first light bulb that went off that like, this might be interesting to me?
1: Yeah, so um, I entered undergrad with, Absolutely no idea that I wanted to go into investment making. Um, I was at a business school, so I knew I wanted to study something within business. Um, I think how I approached my major was, you know, what am I good at? What sounds interesting and what is practical in terms of finding a job after school? Mm-hmm. Um, so That's fair for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, um, I was always pretty good at math um, was interested in economics, but, uh, wanted a little bit more practical application of it. So, Mm -hmm. um, finance kind of made sense. Um, but I was always interested in kind of other subjects as well. I was always good at like history, social sciences. So, um, I took some additional minors in those subjects. Um, and you were, but
0: but you were on a full ride, right? So like money was a consideration, like you were, you took that full ride or that scholarship because you,
1: like, yeah, exactly. Spend... Um, so I was part of an honors yeah. program in mm-hmm. my undergraduate university. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a full tuition um, scholarship for all four years. Um, we also had a stipend for study abroad. So I went. I studied abroad two times in two different continents, um, and I had the opportunity, really, and the, fle- the financial flexibility to explore a little bit in my undergrad. Um, but ultimately, I was, I guess, when choosing what I wanted to do. I think generally what I wanted was a challenging uh, work environment with um, very intelligent, driven, motivated individuals. That was just the environment I wanted to surround myself with. Um, Mm -hmm. And in terms of finding jobs um, that had those characteristics, um, I think investment banking came out to be kind of the area to be as a finance major. So... Um, did you I know that? that like,
0: did you know that starting out as a freshman or kind of you fell into it like by sophomore? Because I assume, did the recruiting yeah. for you start by like sophomore year, like early sophomore?
1: Um, or
0: more junior year for the junior I summer? it
1: started, yeah, it started junior year. I think I moved up like the year to the year, after the second you. year after May, but... Like, formal recruiting started for me the fall of my junior year, Mm -hmm. Um, but before getting an internship or getting that summer analyst internship, um, coming from a non-target school especially, internships were really, really important, and internships related to finance and related to banking were important. So, um, I had done a number of other kind of finance internships, not directly related to banking, but... Mm like. In with, finance.
0: Um, How did you find those? Yeah, How did you in find finance. Um,
1: so, like, I, I did a wealth management internship at another bulge bracket bank. Um, I did, like, a financial, like, news research internship, okay. um, where I did some research on, like, distressed debt companies um you
0: could have done another. an internship with wall street oasis everyone always when all of our interns always say they're shocked by like the whole the whole interview being about wall street oasis <laughs> <laughs> because everyone wants to know about that but no that's funny um so yeah finance news site so then another bulge bracket perfect so you're just you're getting something somewhat relevant at least your freshman, freshman yeah. and sophomore year yeah
1: exactly so it was like somewhat relevant not banking but it was definitely figuring out what i wanted to do like mm-hmm. the first few years of school i didn't even know honestly what banking was or what the job itself entailed
0: so how did you <laughs> get how did you how did you know what to say in the interviews like didn't did you need to know that by the time junior year came around
1: oh yeah yeah definitely okay. um i i think how i approached understanding it was just networking with people and speaking to older um like like upperclassmen who had done internships um and also friends um, I just asked them, you know, like what their job entailed, what they liked about it, what they didn't, and a lot of people just generally encouraged um, me to go into banking. They were like, "Okay, like if you don't know what you want to do, this is a good stepping stone. You're not going to regret it. You'll learn a lot of technical skills. You'll be challenged." Do you agree with them um, now?
0: On the other side?
1: Um, Yeah, I do. I okay. do agree with them. <laughs> I think it was really good advice.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. So, so stepping back, so you kind of have the the stereotypical internships of private wealth management maybe your sophomore year or like the finance news site and then yeah you're kind of coming into junior year and there are there resume drops at this non-target for a bulge bracket doesn't sound quite like a non-target but maybe i think you had mentioned before the call that for a certain group um at this bulge bracket it kind of was a target there so can you talk a little bit about that
1: yeah, yeah. So for the group that I was in, um, I was part of credit in the investment bank mm-hmm. side. So we worked closely with like DCM, mostly with leverage finance. Can
0: you explain that? Um, like, what does that mean? Credit? Like, is, is would it just be yeah. called DCM, or why is that different?
1: Um, so it's different in that we're not like we're doing the fundamental credit analysis of deals that the investment bank will have to hold on to on its balance sheet. So in essence, we're managing the credit exposure of the investment bank so, on all deals that we have. So you're like, like supporting
0: DCM almost, or is it more like an internal risk function like group? Should I think
1: of it that way? Um, it's, it's kind of like supporting them. So mm-hmm. in terms of what we actually did, like we would put together all of the credit memos for – um, LBO deals for M&A financings. Um, instead of, I think some banks have their leverage finance teams do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we, like, as an individual analyst, would be solely responsible for the credit memo for like whatever X Y and Z LBO or whatever X Y and Z M&A deal. Yeah. Um. So, I'd say yes. Part of it was a risk kind of function, but then yeah. also part of it was closer to banking because we also were involved with like structuring and originating um because we were the ones who kind of had to manage that exposure on the balance sheet for the bank so like we had to make sure we were good with the credit terms um and the ultimate like credit agreement
0: that totally makes sense so it's it's kind of a blend a little bit of of you're kind of almost like the bridge between a few different divisions it sounds like
1: yeah yeah it's kind of like a hybrid between cool. like risk ib yeah
0: and do you think is that common across the bulge brackets there like most places have that is like how should i did most of them have like the same terminology in terms of how they call it like credit like for people who are interested in potentially doing that yeah huh I mean, if you don't know, it's fine. I don't don't know. That's why I was asking.
1: Yeah. This is just me kind of speculating a bit from what I've heard from people. But Mm -hmm. um, for other places or other banks, what I've heard is the credit team may not be directly involved in the the initial transaction. So they're not actually working on the LBO or the Mm M&A. They'll manage the credit exposure from like a portfolio management perspective after the deal is done um so like where you guys are brought
0: in earlier and so did you does that mean you actually got some modeling experience
1: yeah yeah so we did do modeling for our memos yep
0: very cool and so um you'd just be looking at like specifically the actual credit like modeling out the company seeing if they could handle like what the what the exposure was and all that like on a company yeah, specific level? Exactly. Like Very
1: repayment, cool. um, met like leverage. Leverage, yeah, uh, different financial credits. financial
0: ratios, making sure <laughs> nothing looked too yeah. out of whack. <laughs> okay, so you're you're let's go back to your um your story. So you're kinda coming into junior year, your your non target kind of has a a little bit of a some alumni at this bulge bracket for this specific group. Um mm-hmm. so there was a resume drop or how did that work?
1: Um, yeah, so there was a resume drop that was uh, like a couple months after when I applied. So I actually didn't apply through on-campus recruiting. I applied through um, like women's program, like a women's program at that bold bracket bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this still exists, but a lot of investment banks have earlier like women's kind of pipeline program yeah, women's and diverse
0: get. women's and diversity um recruiting yeah and that definitely happens now early some some even freshman year um, oh really yeah but, but, but definitely sophomore year um even yeah. though all of it's kind of shifted now into, into sophomore year um, oh, wow! but yeah no you're right so <laughs> so okay great so you applied through that not even through the mm-hmm. resume drop and did you were you already in a process then by early junior year like fall
1: um, or... yeah. So like early, I think like I got my offer probably beginning of November latest. Okay. And early, so were you yeah.
0: excited? Were you nervous? What was the thought when you got that offer? Yeah.
1: I mean, oh, a ton of feelings, right? Cause <laughs> like how it works is like when you have a summer analyst position, you hopefully want to go back, um, as a full-time analyst if it works out. So, yep at your junior year, you're kind of making a decision as to what your potential full-time job would look like, like making a decision for two years down the line. So I think that was just like kind of stressful, but also exciting at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had a couple of other interviews at the same, around the same time um, that I ultimately just turned down and I didn't proceed with because um, I like the offer that I got, mm-hmm. um, I like the people that I interviewed with. Um, I thought the job was interesting, mm-hmm. um, and I kind of like I like I like the industry group that I had wanted to be in, and had early indications that I would be placed into that group. So right. um, that certainty definitely, and the people that I met with um, helped me make that decision ultimately.
0: And do you feel like, um, the other processes you were in, was it also through, um, women's programs or was it through the school as well?
1: Um, or were they they, just
0: other just processes that were just ongoing before you early in your junior year?
1: Uh, so I think some of them were through women's programs and Mm -hmm. then some of them were through like on-campus recruiting
0: do you feel like talking to people who didn't go through those programs do you feel like it gave you a significant leg up or do you feel like it was you would have made it through either way
1: um i think it still gave me a leg up talking to those people because like i started kind of grabbing coffee and networking um with these people maybe my sophomore year Mm. when i still didn't know exactly what i wanted to do um and they just gave me like a great idea of what ticks back like what they do on day to day um and also gave me some tips
0: would people be able to do that if they weren't in one of these programs could they like make those same connections or similar connections on their own do you feel like it just would be harder i guess it's not all set up it's not kind of set up for you
1: maybe um what do you mean like
0: the coffee chats you're doing your sophomore year do you feel like other people would be able to do that too like if they didn't have if they weren't part of this program
1: Oh, yeah, totally. I think people are very receptive to um, meeting with students, um, especially if they have, like, an interest. Um, Yeah, I I think it definitely helped that I reached out to people who graduated from my school, but... Mm -hmm. um, I think I also reached out to people who didn't, and they were also very receptive. So, how I approached it was I reached out to someone who graduated from my school, and if the coffee chat went well, I would ask them if they could introduce me to another person, maybe on the team that I wanted to be placed into, or um, someone who was doing something that I wanted to eventually do. Yeah. Um, and that was the best way to meet as many people as possible because then you have a direct referral from someone that that person who didn't go to your school knows.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Always uh, asking for that additional person at the end is such a yeah. nice little hack <laughs> that can yeah, get you yeah. so many more like, contacts.
1: <laughs> yeah, like keep the keep the conversation alive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The chain, right? The chain of connections, the the web. Yeah. So yeah. great. So you you had it sounds like you had been doing some of that work. You you leveraged some of these these groups, which is really smart to to give yourself kind of a little bit of a leg up in terms of getting those connections, but you put in the work. And then um, when you were doing the actual recruiting, were the interviews tough? Were they technical or did they surprise you at all? Anything that was surprising about them or were they like super like, please come join us or (laughs) what was it like?
1: Um, It was a mix, I'd say. So the first round was a mix of both behavioral and a little bit of technical, but more conceptual than um, like, like spitting out a formula. Right um or memorizing and repeating dcf it was like okay conceptually like what type of company would you rather lend to and why Mm -hmm. um and then for the super day then it got technical so i think there were maybe three or four interviewers um and two out of three or four were technical Mm -hmm. as in kind of go through a dcf walk me through a dcf um walk through the formulas like what happens if this
0: and you were like, ready? If... you were ready for that you kind of expected that
1: uh yeah yeah I did okay. um I expected it to be pretty technical because credit at this bulge bracket that I was at mm-hmm. was a pretty technical role right um so I was advised by people who had interviewed there and also worked there that I should expect to have like a typical investment banking interview.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I prepared all my technicals the same way that I would have for any other IB interview.
0: Good, good. So you weren't caught off guard. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's another huge <laughs> plus of networking and not just going in into it blind. Is people are pretty much going to tell you what's what's coming if you listen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, the networking helped a ton. Yeah.
0: So you're so you're kind of going through this. You're you get to the super day. Tell me what that super day was like. What was it? That you get in the office. How are you feeling? Your sweaty palms, or are you just like very confident going in there? You Knowing had this been like your second super day, had you already done some, so you felt more conf- uh, confident? Or?
1: Yeah. So it was my first um, like junior summer analyst super day. Um, I think I've had maybe like one before that, but I was so nervous. <laughs> Um, like I think the night before I was sitting there memorizing all the formulas, um, for like a DCF model in fear that I could be asked every and anything like, Oh, like how do you calculate whack? (laughs) Or, um, what's the cost of equity and how do you calculate that? And what's beta? And (laughs) so it was like,
0: so how did you get yourself like under control as you walked into that office? Um, Hmm. like did you just take deep breaths did you you know, do, yeah. <laughs> do a couple of shots like before going in like what did you do to, to calm down
1: <laughs> I think the morning of I was like okay like you got this get it together
0: fine. get it together yeah
1: yeah you're like you don't know everything but that's fine <laughs> okay. and I think just like the people that I met during the interview were genuinely really welcoming and friendly and they did not make me feel like I was there to just, like, recite every and anything that I've memorized. I think they, like, genuinely wanted to get to know me as a person, and that helped a tremendous amount when I started, um, like, going through all the interviews. Because I'm like, okay, like, they're going to throw in one or two technicals, but it's really a conversation between you and the interviewer. It's not them just trying to grill you and, yeah, um, like,
0: <laughs> no, for sure. make
1: you crack. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah there there are nightmare or horror stories of like the good cop bad cop interviews where like one person's giving you all these technicals, and the other one's the friendly one. but it's good. Yeah. It sounds like you didn't have that, which is which is good. Um, yeah, yeah, which is great. So okay, so you're basically get through it. There are a few technicals thrown in there at the super day, but you survive and mm-hmm. tell me what do they do they? you the offer right then and there for the summer analyst position? How did that work? Or like when you Um, left later that day?
1: Yeah, so uh, let me try to remember. I think it was on a Friday, Mm -hmm. um, Friday Super Day, and they didn't give me the offer on the spot, but after I sent out my thank you emails that evening, Mm -hmm. I had a sense because I got responses from my thank you emails, which usually means like they like you enough to want to respond to your email Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um so I kind of had a sense like I got the offer on Friday afternoon evening and then Monday I got the official call um and the email that I got the offer
0: it's funny you say that because I always feel like that the thank you emails like you can't read too much into it we've had people on wso for years been like they wrote this what should that what does that mean it's like dude you can't you're not going to really know until you either get uh, it or you don't get it but yeah. <laughs> I, everyone listening don't read too much into the responses if someone responds to your thank you email that does not mean you have the offer <laughs> That's <laughs> That's <true. it>. yeah
1: because <laughs> yeah, i think it's, it's always mixed responses it's hard to tell yeah um but i think when they're clear, it's obvious as in, yeah. I think my thank you email, um, they were like super I, friendly
0: back or like, whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was like, yeah. Oh, you did a good job during the interview.
0: Good. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was specific. Got it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's hard to be like, okay, like I did a good job <laughs> and I didn't get the offer unless some, yeah, like <laughs>
0: unless something weird happened. Um, yeah. so, okay. So you, um, you get the offer on that Monday. You're super excited. Mm-hmm. You're already in junior year was the rest of the year how did you go about prepping for the summer analyst posi- um, position? Did you do anything or did you just feel like, Hey, I got it. I'm going to enjoy my junior year, um, keep my GPA up and then um, just kind of like go into the summer and, and work as hard as I can. Cause I know, you know, it can yeah. be pretty competitive. I think most mm-hmm. bulge bracket, bulge bracket banks bring back the majority of their summer analysts though for full time. Is that correct?
1: Um, I mean, for your, for yours, yes.
0: like they, I think they probably, my guess they hired 90, 90 plus percent or extended offers to 90% or was it less than that?
1: I think a little bit less than that. So if like I look you know, at my entire intern class. Okay. That's probably,
0: fair. So 70 ish percent.
1: Yeah, I think 70%. Okay. Um,
0: but it's a little so, nerve, it's still nerve wracking. Cause there's a, there's a yeah a small minority, but as a minority that, that doesn't get the return offer. So tell me how you yeah. went into summer analyst kind of with what was your thought process? What was your kind of game plan?
1: Yeah, so, um, how I approach, well, I think in terms of return offers, it also depends on specific teams within the division. So Mm -hmm. they could just, like, over hire interns, and not or, like, they don't really have a choice sometimes in terms of how many interns the team gets. Um, so there might be three interns, and they really only have two spots. Um, so so I luck. didn't want to take any risk of looking at, like, the statistic as a whole that, oh, 70% get return offers. Well, it, <laughs> and could, be, it
0: could be luck, too, right? Like, if you're just yeah. in the wrong group and they don't have yeah. any seats and then you don't you haven't built the connections right at the other groups so
1: yeah yeah exactly like a lot of it could also just be luck like mm-hmm. it, it could be really random so i didn't want to take that risk i was actually really really afraid that i like wouldn't perform well on the job or wouldn't get a return offer um so i spent my junior year taking as many classes as i could um that were relevant to what I'd be doing the next summer. So I took more advanced accounting classes. Mm. Um I took more advanced corporate finance classes. Um I did that continued- actually help, do you think? Uh yeah, I think it did help. It definitely mm-hmm. did. Okay. Um like the accounting classes I think helped. Mm. The corporate finance definitely. Um
0: You just became more familiar with the terminology and all that stuff and
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and just like practicing doing very simple like financial analysis Mm -hmm. in those classes helped. Like, yeah, even just understanding what like operating profit is or what EBITDA is or how to calculate it, even though, even though like I couldn't calculate it quickly, I at least knew what it was. um
0: so tell me about let's let's jump to your internships how was that so you get there you're again super nervous probably first day (laughs) yeah (laughs) and you ended up getting into one of the groups i assume that you were interested in um yeah and so you start there and do you feel like there's um, anything surprise you about the day-to-day
1: um i think what was most surprising was how little technical skills I had mm-hmm. even coming as like a finance major.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. What um, do you mean by that? Why did you say that?
1: Yeah. Because I mean, like everyone studies different, the people that they hire, like everyone studies different things, but they're usually pretty quantitative. Yeah. Um, but I had thought that since I studied finance specifically, it'd be directly related to a lot of the technical day-to-day um work that I'd be doing but it really wasn't because it was like that times a (laughs) hundred on the job can you give Um, an
0: example like of something yeah Yeah, Uh, where you thought it would help and then it was just like completely different
1: yeah like something even as simple as spreading financials for a company Mm -hmm. uh because like even though the concept is the same like in school, you get an overly simplified version of it, mm-hmm. of, like, everything, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, in school, you'll have, like, revenue, cost of goods sold, um, gross profit. Maybe you'll have sg a after. Maybe not. But then, like, it's, like, five or six lines. Mm-hmm. And then when you go to work, you have a financial statement that has, like, 10, 20, or 30 line items and you're like what is all this like I don't know any of this Know nothing
0: do you feel like it's a disservice that the finance courses are that dumbed down or do you feel like it's where you just need to start out
1: um I think it's where you need to start out I think Mm -hmm. uh yeah like because like as an undergrad I think you definitely need just the conceptual framework first (laughs) Um, before diving into the details and I think that did help um, because it gave you a bigger picture of like what you're ultimately doing Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you're in a when you go to the job then you can dive into all the little details
0: so were you super stressed because like you were like I don't know any of this and then like trying to pick it up on the job (laughs) and be useful as a (laughs) summer analyst (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah so like definitely was really stressed but like so was everyone else mm-hmm. um and other people also having studied finance or like engineering or math yeah like no one really knew what they were doing <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so how many hours do you think you were working that summer on average
1: uh on average i probably went in every day at like 8 30 and then i left no earlier that like no, earlier than 10, 10, 30, 11. you working like 12, and then I worked so like 60, like 70 a, hours a week? 70-ish? Yeah, at mm-hmm. least 60, 60 mm-hmm.
0: hours. Okay, so not the worst internship ever, but still not no. easy.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely worked a lot of weekends too.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Okay. Yeah.
0: So tell me, as you're kind of getting through the internship, you're put on a few projects, I assume, and you're trying to be helpful to the analysts. Tell me how you made yourself useful or tried to make yourself useful. Did you just stay out of their way? How often were you bothering the analysts when they they did give you something to do? How did you kind of handle that balancing act?
1: Yeah, so I think as a summer analyst, um, as an intern, it's really important to just show initiative and just like positive energy and eagerness to learn curiosity without being too overboard where you're burdening them more so than you're helping them. Um, so what I did, how I approached it was just like, okay, like what, what can I do to help make their life easier working on this deal? I can do something as simple as just like maybe just spreading the numbers for them so they don't have to do that. And they can focus on like X, Y, and Z other things, or if they're putting together a diligence list. I'd offered to add questions or, um, to the diligence list or like read through certain materials that they may not have time to read through. Mm -hmm. Um, so just kind of like finding yourself, like finding areas that you can be helpful in and taking initiative. Um, also showing curiosity and kind of being like, you know, I I genuinely want to know about this and I want to learn about this. Um, how can I help you?
0: Um, yeah. (laughs) And so did you, um, I guess, did you feel like by halfway through, or when did you feel like, did you feel like you were helping? Or did you feel like you were more of a burden? Uh, Probably changed, probably switched by the end. You probably felt a little bit useful.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm guessing. (laughs) I think they didn't actually put us on anything really big until at least like middle to mid end of our internship when we had gotten a better grasp of the technical aspect of the job
0: were your analysts working super long hours
1: um some of them were some of them weren't it just depended on their deal flow
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but yeah like some of them were definitely working a lot and those are the ones that we were staffed with yeah um and so how did but, you
0: know how did you know you were doing a good job how did you know you were in line for a return offer or did you know into like when, yeah. when did you kind of get that sense of like you're doing okay you're you're on the right track and then yeah. um it'd be great to hear yeah how how and when you got notified about that
1: yeah uh I think in the first half of the internship it was really hard to tell because no everyone, one knew anything and scrabbling. everyone was yeah. just trying to learn as much as they could yeah um I think during your mid-year, a uh, midsummer evaluation, that's when you get a sense mm-hmm. of like how you're tracking and um, whether or not you'll get a return offer. Um, but that doesn't a hundred percent determine that either. So you kind of have to keep working even after midsummer. So I think I had a sense probably towards like the middle of the second half of my internship that I was probably going to get a return offer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think like the other two interns on my team, technically there were only two spots for my team, Mm. but we three interns. So there was always that like just complete random luck of, you know, everyone's doing well, but we just don't have spots for you. Mm. Um, and that was mostly, like, I think that was the biggest risk for my internship, because all three of us seemed to be tracking and doing pretty well.
0: And, but one didn't uh, get the offer. Huh? But one person didn't get the offer.
1: Um, no, so, like, I think in the middle of the second half of the internship, they just figured out that they would, they're going to hire three interns instead of two. Okay. So that's when we had, that's when all three of us had a sense that we'd probably get a return. Mm-hmm. Um, but up until that point, I think we were all like, Oh, like Uh-oh. who's going who <laughs> to be a person needs to find another, <laughs> to getting... find another job.
0: Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So it wasn't too stressful once they said, no, we're going to get three. We're going to bring in three. So, yeah. um, so tell me a little bit about, um, yeah, just how that, that whole transition going into senior year with a, with a full-time offer. Did you accept immediately? Did you try shopping it? What was that whole process going into that? Cause I know it's, I don't want to keep you too much longer.
1: Yeah, um, so I actually... And I want to get should... into the actual
0: job. <laughs> huh? I want to get into <laughs> yeah. the actual job a little bit too, so. Okay. Uh,
1: okay, so I didn't shop. I kind of, I enjoyed my internship a lot. I enjoyed the people I work with. So I took the offer maybe like a week or two after I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I was studying abroad the semester after, so <laughs> I didn't have time to shop. I kind of had yeah. to take what I got but I was happy with what I got so awesome yeah
0: (laughs) it must have been exciting you probably enjoyed your time abroad a lot more
1: yeah Uh, oh yeah amazing (laughs) and
0: so then you get come back senior year, you finish up you graduate and then is it the same set of nerves kind of after you had done the internship or did you feel like you were a little bit more ready um since you were at the same firm same group
1: yeah, no, I definitely felt a lot more ready. I knew the people I was going to work with. Um, yeah. I knew what to expect at least or what they expected from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it made it a thousand times easier to join a team of people that I knew.
0: And I assume the, the base salary was like the typical, I don't know what it was back then, like 75
1: dollars $80,000? Uh, I think it was eighty five.
0: Eighty five. okay. Yeah. And so then from there, was it the expectation like the hours were going to be 60 to 80 hours a week or – was it considered like a group that was, or yeah, a division that was pretty rough, or something that, you know, you, you'd be, I don't know, depending on deal flow, it could get up to 90 or 100 hours, or was it more like, you know, yeah. 80 tops?
1: Uh, I don't think it ever went to like 90 or 100. It was more on the moderate side to like yeah. 60 to 70, 80 on a bad week, mm-hmm. but like 60 to 70. Um, and then weekends, maybe. Once, twice a month.
0: Yep. Okay. Not
1: too bad. That's yeah.
0: Really not too bad. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of starting in this. You you kind of have some familiarity, which is nice. You start there. Anything unexpected? Anything interesting? Or any funny stories? <laughs> <Or>
1: um, funny. <laughs> I think huh, what was interesting was, like, we I did not expect to get along so well with. All the analysts on my team like we kind of just formed this like awesome bond mm-hmm. um and like we're all so different but we when you work with each other and you like we also sit trading floors that we sat trading floor style so yeah uh, you're like sitting on top of each other and the amount of time that you spend with each other you just become really really close that was like definitely one of the best parts of working so yeah. much.
0: I um, I miss it. Honestly, I used to yeah. have the bullpen and you have, now I, I work from home and I'm like totally yeah. isolated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it's
1: so di- yeah. It's so different. Cause mm-hmm. that's only like that type of culture is only in banking. I realized because when you, when I went to the buy side, it, it's like completely different. It's very individual.
0: So, yeah, we'll get there, but tell me a little bit about, so the day-to-day, was it just you're on a specific deal, you're doing the analyses, you're working with the associates and the VPs, was it more, was there a lot of people on each deal at your bulge bracket, or was it pretty thinly staffed?
1: Um, it was pretty evenly staffed. So like, like, was there we always were... a
0: VP and an associate on it? And a... Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah. Usually it'd be like, if you have an associate, you won't be you wouldn't have a VP on it. You'd have um, like an ED. Right. Okay. Um, sometimes you work directly with an ED. It just depended because yeah. um, it depended on like who covered which, like which seniors covered which industry groups. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah.
0: So you were there for a good amount of time. Tell me, um, did you think of doing buy side? recruiting on cycle was your group you ever getting looks for buy side on cycle or when when would that when did you kind of start thinking okay I might want to actually jump from the sell side to the buy side and, and you know make that leap and pre- start prepping for it because you were there for over two years so you you know you you spent a good number of uh, a good amount of time as an analyst
1: yeah um, I think for the first year I wasn't really too I wasn't too interested in moving to the buy side Mm -hmm. um I like the industries that we covered um I like the clients that we worked with um but I think as I became more senior and um just like was just like knew how to do my job a lot more efficiently I felt like the learning curve kind of tapered Mm -hmm. off at a certain point and then I I just wanted something more challenging, mm-hmm. um and more interesting, more exciting, kind of faster, more deal flow too.
0: Okay. And so how um, did how did you go about thinking of where you'd go or how did you start kind of doing that networking or that research?
1: Yeah. So um I, I kind of just looked around um on my team and in our division to see where people kind of went and left for. Um mm-hmm. because every like for most of the analysts in the division, I think after like two years or so, people left mm-hmm. um, for the buy side. Um, so I kind of just like spoke with them, asked them what and why they wanted to leave. Um, but... Was there an option? Was...
0: Like were you ever offered an associate position to stay?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was tracking for associates. So mm-hmm. I was a little bit torn between leaving and staying. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I was tracking, and but I, I, like, thinking about what I was going to do as an associate didn't really interest me as much. Mm-hmm. It just felt like I'd be checking analysts' work, um, and more so managing than, like, having to think critically about companies, about transactions, right. um, and like the more like intellectual side of it. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I felt like the buy side had, or that's the sense that I got from people who left for the buy side, which was like, okay, like you aren't just serving the client and doing what they want you to do. You're thinking critically about businesses that you would or wouldn't invest in and why? Because now you have um, skin of the game, like you can actually lose money, um, you can pick and choose which companies you want to invest in or not. And that yeah. to me just was a lot more interesting. Yeah,
0: no, totally um, so your your learning curve had tapered second year. That's very common. And so you kinda of started getting that sense of maybe the buy side's interesting. You started talking with people who had been in your group previously and had made that jump. Yeah. And then tell me how you kind of really ramped it up. Did you just continue just to talk to people more and more and saying, Well, you know, I might be interested in kind of get the job through your network or did you join any did you start talking with recruiters? How did you kind of go through that process
1: um yeah I think I mostly focused on um recruiters and LinkedIn so Mm -hmm. I didn't go through the typical private equity recruiting cycle my first year I don't even know how it is it's like the first half of your
0: it's crazy now it's like literally this year it was right after they got out of training so
1: September yeah (laughs) for (laughs) for a
0: job that's two years away you know or almost two years (laughs)
1: Like, what do you even know? To yeah, you don't know like,
0: anything. You they might as well just give. Yeah. They might as well just give the offers to the people who land summer internships.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, that's what you're doing. You're just <laughs> you're just screening them for. Anyways, like we can we can yeah. talk
0: about that craziness. I mean that that that's for another conversation. It's it's yeah absolutely mad. But um, what's what's going on there? But. Um, yeah,
1: like I, I felt like I had a more, a little bit more thoughtful process. Okay. Um, in terms of like actually thinking, okay, what do I want in my job? What, like, excites me? What motivates me? I want something challenging. I want something more critical, um, etc. So I reached out to recruiters, um, and. I found out about recruiters through friends um mm-hmm. and through other like ex-colleagues that left mm-hmm. um because typically buy-side recruiting is pretty exclusively done with recruiters mm-hmm. um that are hired by the buy-side fund um so like recruiters reach out to me I found recruiting companies and I reached out to them so
0: Yeah, we have a recruiting uh, arm as well through WSO and so we we started a few years ago and we have mm-hmm a good number of you know most of our our clients are are buy side you know really- lower middle market middle market yeah i mean it's something new for us but yeah um absolutely agree i mean most of these places are you know if they're smaller from five to like 20 professionals they don't typically have a dedicated hr like a large post bracket bank so they yeah. They've, they've, yeah. they lean on recruiting companies to help source and screen candidates. But yeah, so you're, so, okay. So you started talking to some recruiters, you kind of started getting pitched different roles and tell me, um, was, w- were the recruiting meetings, did you go into them like assuming they were interviews or did you like, did you prep for those or did you feel like it was more, did you use them more as an exploratory type meeting? Uh,
1: I think in the beginning I used them more exploratory as an exploratory type because I didn't know what kind yeah. of opportunities there were in the buy side. Yeah. Um, especially for debt investing. They're just like, there's a whole range. You can be in private debt. You can be in um like more hedge fund, like like distressed, funds and stuff distressed. Yeah. Most yeah, distressed um, structured finance. Like it's there. I mean, there are tons and tons of different debt. Credit products, mm-hmm. um, CLOs. So like, it, it's not as straightforward as like private equity, where like like an
0: LBO buyout shop. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not plain vanilla LBO. It's yeah. a little more, yeah, nuanced funds. where
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, where do you want to be in the capital structure?
0: Right. Um. So, how did you think about that?
1: Um. So how I approached it was. I think part of it was just based on my previous experience and then part of it was just what I want like what I was curious about. So What
0: were you the, what were you curious about? Like what did you kind of gravitate toward?
1: Um I gravitated more towards um eventually private debt because I wanted both the aspect of like really really diving deep into companies mm-hmm. um while also kind of being on the debt side and not being in private equity, not owning the company. Mm-hmm. So like getting a balance of breadth and depth. So um, like in private debt, you'll have 15 portfolio companies that you know pretty well, but you don't know it as well as someone in private equity who actually owns the company, but they only have like five portfolio companies, mm-hmm. I would think, max. Um So you still can have and develop a bit of industry experience Mm -hmm. um, from covering 15 different companies. Um, You'll kind of start specializing in different niches. Um, Were you guys doing mostly secured or
0: unsecured with Mez or anything like that?
1: Yeah, so I gravitated towards – I think I was open to opportunities because I had some experience in, like, distressed companies as well. So Mm -hmm. that was interesting to me. I think it just – eventually came down to what opportunities were available at the time that I was looking. Sure. Um, so I wanted something that was a little bit lower on the capital structure. I thought um that would be a little bit more challenging, more interesting. Um than just Yeah, than
0: like a senior secured term note <laughs> yeah. a, and like a low low interest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: like a plain vanilla, like first lane senior secured, like CLO like CLO funds. Yeah. I'd say a little bit more like that. Um they'll invest in like The first lien, Mm -hmm. term loan B, publicly traded, um, very liquid. Uh, You have to like dive too deep into the company, Um, like pretty large company, larger companies at least too. Um, So I ended up like finding an opportunity at a middle market Mm -hmm. private fund. Um, Yeah, so like having the exposure of really diving deeper into companies while not owning the company, but having a little bit more, like, quantity, like, volume. Yep, that's, that's um, fair. Yeah.
0: So you when you started this, was this the first interview, that, like, with the company that you took? Or was it, had you been interviewing, you know, for several months? How, tell me about that process. Like, did you interview, with, like, 20 companies, five companies, only two, one?
1: Yeah. How, did that uh, how many did I interview? Like, two, three? I think three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not too um, many. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, of the three that I interviewed with, interviewed with, the first one, um, I ultimately realized it was with a CLO fund. I ultimately realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. Okay. Um, and also just walking into the interview, I didn't really know what to expect.
0: Okay. So you um, didn't do as well.
1: <laughs> huh?
0: You didn't do as well on that on that one. Is that what you mean? Yeah.
1: No, right. that one wasn't um, wasn't my best. <laughs> Uh, you, bom-
0: you 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 bombed it let's be honest you just bombed it <laughs>
1: the, thing, I didn't, the, the funny you, thing is like I didn't bomb it though mm-hmm. because
0: they still offered you the job? Bombed a
1: job i person who's responsible for hiring me <laughs> got it or the person I would have had to work with
0: got it okay
1: but I but, but I apparently did really well with the other two but they weren't the ones who were Make- looking for an analyst or an associate <laughs>
0: Great, important lesson yeah, there. Like, huh? Important lesson: do well with the one person that is making the decision, or you're going to be exactly. working for.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. cool. Like I prep all my, I prepped all my deals, but I didn't know what deal to pitch. I was like, okay, if I'm speaking with a consumer person, I have to pitch a consumer deal. Right. I can't pitch the like the challenging and tricky healthcare deal that I worked on. Um, so I picked like a super easy, plain vanilla. Consumer deal, and he was not impressed. So I was like, "Oh!" And then I spoke with a healthcare person who wasn't hiring, and he was like, "Oh, like, yeah, like, it sounds like you would really fit in, and like, was like very positive at the end of the interview. I'm like, "Oh, too bad, I'm not working with you."
0: That's funny. Okay, so you—that was your first one. The second one was the one you ended up working for. The third one.
1: Um so the third one was the one that I got the offer with and I took mm-hmm. the second one I got really close with. Um, but that one, I messed up at the case that he round.
0: How'd you mess up um, and what was the case or what, you know, broad strokes?
1: Yeah. So the case was to basically put together a really, really short condensed investment memo in three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to like build a model in the same time. So like build a model, put together an investment memo and do all that within three hours. So like quickly screen a deal.
0: And Um, why do you think you messed up?
1: I think I messed up because I didn't know the industries that, for, like, I didn't know the industry that I had to write the memo for um, because it was an industrials company. I never looked at an industrials company in my life.
0: Yeah, so you were you were in deep, deep <laughs> yeah, water right yeah. from the beginning. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was tragic. Like, they gave me the case, and I was like, yeah, mm. funny. Like, this is my first industrials company I've ever looked at.
0: They're like, it shows on your case. No, just kidding. So, <laughs> yeah. so when they did they like review it with you after you were done with those three hours? they make you do it in the office?
1: Yeah, so I was in a conference room for three hours. They gave me a laptop and they gave me like a SIM and some public filings. And they were like, okay, put together a memo um, and tell us whether or not you'd invest. And yeah, so like I spent, spent like one third of the time putting together, like building the model and then the remaining time understanding the company and the industry, which was the hardest part.
0: How did you um, build the model? Did you put, like, how did you even know what type of debt to put on? Or it was in the SIM, like, it was the offering was there in terms of whether to invest or not in the debt?
1: Uh, like, no, we had, I had to structure it. Meaning, like, did you um, make and... it up
0: off, did they give you, like, good prompts? Or did you have to, like, completely make it up?
1: Uh... Like, were they
0: like, oh, there's a, you know, subordinated debt below this, uh-huh. and they, they gave you that, and here's the interest rate and all that?
1: No, they didn't. Nope. Yeah, just I had to structure it myself. Like,
0: just make it uh, up. Just make it up based on what you would do or how you would structure it based on the company and the financials.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had to pick a leverage level. I had to pick a pricing point. Okay. Wow. Um, based off of the model that I built.
0: And you knew nothing about industrials.
1: <laughs> and I, yeah. Oh my god, it was so bad that my um, my cash flows were all negative. <laughs> was wrong with my model?
0: to like is like are you sure you want to put this much leverage on the company you're like (laughs) yes (laughs) yes never mind okay so it didn't go so well so no how should people avoid that how do Um, how would you how would you suggest people prepping for that type of case because you you can look at you can do lbos you can do all this stuff but the case is actually pretty common nowadays in um we try to do it in our court, in our private equity course. try to give examples. But I feel like it's mm-hmm. it's hard to just, you know, like you said, you didn't know industrials. So how would you prep for something like that?
1: Yeah, um, I would say apply for <laughs> jobs that you have some industry experience in because yeah. that can make, like, the biggest difference. And if you don't, learn about that industry. Before like, you if you learn. cover So you knew that th- this or- fund,
0: you knew they did industrial investments huh. in
1: the- um, I knew that they did. And I think most a lot of private, um, a lot of middle market private debt funds typically have a pretty big industrial exposure in their portfolio. Got it. Okay. Um, but it was either industrial or technology were the cases. Um, oh, okay. And I just, yeah. Didn't. Well,
0: I didn't mean to <laughs> bring you back to that nightmare. I apologize. <laughs>
1: no, it's okay. It's funny and looking back at it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently like I wasn't that bad because I had a friend who's close, like who had a friend there and he was like, yeah, like they just thought you were really junior and they wanted someone more senior. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? Are you sure
0: that's a nice way to put it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, know. I know. I was like, okay, sure.
0: <laughs> um. Anyways. Okay. So you end up, the third phone, you end up doing better. Was there another case that you had to face yeah. in that one?
1: Yeah. So that case, um, it was better also because it was a take home case. (laughs) Um, so they gave it to me on like a Friday afternoon and I had to present it Monday morning at like 8am before their investment committee.
0: Was it similar? Like a a model with like a investment memo that you had put together?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was similar, but much more detailed. And this one I'd say was challenging in the sense that I had to present it in front of the entire investment committee instead of just, like, a couple of principals, like, three or four kind of mid-level guys. I had to present it in front of, like, the CEO down.
0: So how many people?
1: Uh, like, 20? 10?
0: 10. Yeah, it's in, that's very intimidating.
1: 15, maybe. Yeah. I and know like, as an
0: associate, I was intimidated to do that, so I can't even imagine, like, just not even having the job and you have to go in yeah. and that's your interview. Yeah.
1: I know. I walked in like we were in the conference room. It was filled with people and also all men because I'm like a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, super intimidating. I'm like, okay, this is so weird.
0: But you had? Did you feel um, like you were confident because you knew you had done the case really in detail? You knew. Were you yeah. expecting them to like grill you on it?
1: And yeah, take- I expected them to grill me on everything. So I like, duh, like I spent every hour of my weekend on that case. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Trying to anticipate every and anything that could have come up,
0: and so do you feel like you had anticipated most of them, or were there any curveballs that kind of threw you off?
1: Um, I think I anticipated most the mm-hmm. most of them, but the only things that I couldn't anticipate were just like comparable analysis because I came from a bulge bracket bank, so I had no resources to mm. kind of put its perspective the company, um, because we, I yeah, like I didn't know middle market companies and so they asked me a couple of questions in that sense but they didn't expect too much okay um because they knew where i was coming from yeah
0: okay so how did you hear about the offer after you kind of survived that gauntlet you come out and like they call you that night they call you a couple days later
1: um i think i got oh oh yeah there was a third round okay um, so when I got invited to the third round, I kind of knew that, like, they probably were going to give me the offer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the recruiter gave me a sense, um,
0: that like, looking good.
1: that hmm?
0: That it was looking good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I also got a thank you email. <laughs> Uh, well, I got a response from my thank you email saying, like, oh, you did good with the case. You, like, you did a good job on the case. And I was like, okay, I think this is, like, a positive because it's a partner sending it to me. Yeah. Um, So I kind of had that sense. And then when I went to the third, like, the final round interview, they gave me the offer. Like, the CEO gave me the offer on the spot. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so, so did you feel like you had to accept it right there because the CEO is presenting it to you?
1: Oh, my God. I was so scared. I didn't know what to say. Like, where
0: you're like, uh, <laughs> this is awkward. Like... What yeah. if you're like, I'm actually have a final round later today at another. <laughs> what did you say? Did you just say like, thank you. I'll get back to you. Like, or did you say, i would be excited. Thank you. Like, I mean, I think that's so awkward when they try to do that.
1: Yeah, I know. It was definitely a power move.
0: It was <laughs> like, very much a power move. So tell me how you yeah. handled it.
1: Um, so I kind of just, just thanked him, um, I tried to say nice things about the fun. I was like, yeah, like, this sounds like a great opportunity. It sounds very exciting. It sounds like something that would be great for my career. And then was he said, pissed about but... that, or
0: she pissed when you said that? <laughs> like but you're no, not accepting
1: no, no. <laughs> no, he was he was understanding. I think he knew. yeah, um, but he had asked me, like specifically, like, like, are you going to accept the offer?' Not just here's the letter. Right.
0: And so what did you say? You said yes.
1: Um, and I was like, um, I don't want to give a definitive answer, but I'm leaning towards yes.
0: Fair. I think. So, people, I,
1: I, yeah, I didn't want to like completely. I like, think we
0: want to, I think we want to write, I, I don't want to give a definitive answer, but I'm leaning towards yes. I think that's a great quote. We'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll use that for everybody. If you're put in this situation, which is very, can be very awkward. And especially if you know you have other, if it's not your number one choice and or you have other. Interviews yeah. coming up just say this exact phrase <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't <wanna> do it.
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> um fair enough because
1: you never want to say like yeah totally and of like course. completely lie if you're gonna reject of them
0: of course leaning towards yes is good um okay well it sounds like well so you, you accepted the job you started there soon thereafter and you didn't stay there for you a little um, almost a year. You ended up leaving, deciding um, you wanted to kind of take a pivot and go to graduate school for something unrelated, which is totally cool. Um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> was it was it the industry itself, was the firm itself that kind of made you want to feel that way? Did you feel like you were burnt out after doing um, the analyst years and then jumping straight to the buy side? What was your, th- or was it just really just a, pa- a separate passion that kind of was
1: pulling you? Um. Oh, I think it was, like, a confluence of so many different factors altogether. Like, okay. I liked what I was doing, I think, fundamentally. Like, I like learning about companies, industries, businesses, and investing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to focus on, like, the domestic middle market for my entire life. Okay. Um, so I actually moved to a different country to study for my grad degree, Mm -hmm. um, because ultimately, I want to still work in some type of finance space, but maybe investing in, um, like, investing with an impact, Mm -hmm. or, um, like...
0: Impact investing. Yep. Social. Yeah. Or
1: sustainable finance. So mm-hmm. kind of using my background, but having it go towards something that's more meaningful for me personally. And that's just the aspect of the job that I always felt like I was missing, regardless of where I was at the bank or at, on the buy side. Um, I mean, yeah, that's
0: great. Good for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks.
0: Follow you know, your passion. Uh, I mean, you're going to be doing this, you know, for how, however many years, 20 years. You might as well do something where you feel good about it. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I thought about like how long my career is going to be. I have another like 40 years at least, hopefully, Mm -hmm. um, in my career. And like, where do I feel like the industry as a whole is moving towards or will be moving towards in those next 40 years? And I think sustainability definitely is going to be um, an area that's going to grow in the span of my career. So why not take that step to kind of be a part of that or to help create that? That's
0: great. Yeah, no, Um, I I think you're you have a very bright future ahead of you, um, and it's exciting. Yeah. I'll, I'll be watching. Um, <laughs> okay. and, I uh,
1: hope. <laughs> yeah, I and hope let you. me
0: know if I can ever be helpful. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to yeah. share your knowledge and your wisdom.
1: Of course, and thanks for uh, speaking with me. It was great talking to you and also hearing about all the different products that Wall Street Oasis offers. Yeah. I didn't know that you guys offer all these things. <laughs> we
0: have, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Keeps us busy.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.